The ocean is full of situations where animals work together toward a common goal. Whether it's finding food, fighting off predators, or setting up a place to live, it's important to pick your underwater teammate carefully. However, while its sea cucumber partner is less than willing to participate, the persuasive pearlfish worms its way into the heart of its new best friend whenever danger rears its ugly pinhead. But sometimes, being a prairie dog and pearlfish is the way to survive here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, too. Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, Richard Kaspar, and Lottie and Aubrey. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about an assertive, insertive fish in the sea. But more on that later. B, insertive. B, B, insertive. B I'm not about to try to spell that. <laughs> B, A, Yeah, this one, um, I, uh, I, I went to, to Bibby and I was like, this is the, this is the animal we're doing. And she was like, get ready for some nicknames. <laughs> oh boy. That's, so I'm excited. So we got some good ones, but what, what animal are we talking about? We're talking about, uh, talking about the pinhead pearlfish. I wanted to, because I know that kids listen to this and we, typically do a content warning uh so it you know i i figured this is a good time to do one for this episode i'm gonna try to keep this as tactful as possible use euphemisms beat around the bush you know but um the reality is this is uh nature's nature's not always g-rated so uh if if you don't want little ears uh listening to some of the more invasive things that animals do to each other then this episode may not be for you <laughs> yeah but, uh and I'll, I'll i'll give you some of our nicknames just so you get an idea of what we're talking about so the pinhead pearlfish is pearlfish is also called uh the colon dwarf the uh the bum buster the trailer tush, the curse of the brown pearl, because they do everything but pillaging. <laughs> the close encounters of the turd kind, G.I. <laughs> Joe, and dirty dentist just looking for those cavities. Oh my god. Get excited because it's gonna get weird. <laughs> Okay. Do so, you want to know what uh, science calls it? Yeah, for those that are left. I think some people are going to be interested. This is not... I mean, at least the creatures here are very far away from... They're not, they're not mammals. So they're far away from us in terms of 
anatomy. So, okay. Now mm-hmm. that that's out of the way, let's talk about where they are. They're in the kingdom you know, love NRN. They're in the kingdom Animalia. They're in the phylum Chordata, the class of Actinoptergy. The order is Ophidiiformes. Uh, the family is Carapidae. The genus is Enchilot. No, uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> And that's probably a hard C. Enchiliophis. I don't know. I would say Enchiela. I would say a hard C. Enchiliophis. Because like we we have like Chelly Serrata for spiders. That's true. So I would say Chordata. And Enchiliophis. 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 Yeah, the computer lady, the computer voice says. says Yeah, it's the E. But like we don't always get a you don't always get a hard ch with e but like chemical but it's Latin the, you know? or no this is I think this is Greek so the binomial name the species and Enchiliophis boroborensis yeah well uh. Since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, nitty-gritty nomenclature. It's it's not just... It's in a school. Yes, it's just in a school. It's a fish. And I I still... Those ichthyologists, they just really did not want critter groups to be successful for fish episodes. I am pro-ichthyologists because they have a good head on their shoulders. They said... You know what? We not only do we have the word group, which is just fine for groups of animals, but you know what? We have school. Let's call it a day on that. Yeah. Let's not waste everyone's time. Yeah, I'm sure they're like just tons of fun at the the taxonomic parties. But uh, anyway, it's that's different. You're saying taxonomy. There's plenty of pizzazz in the taxonomy. Terms of venery are not is not taxonomy. It's a categorization. You know you're dealing with owls because there's a parliament of them. Of course. I know I'm dealing with owls because there's owls there in that group. But there's also a parliament. It's just it it just helps, you know? All right. But anyway, we don't have a the term of venery for fish is a school or a shoal. Um Depending on how they're moving. We talked about this before. Uh, I believe a school is the one where they're all moving together. And a shoal is where they happen to just be in a group. Um, so what does... I? So I couldn't find what Bora Borensis means. I imagine maybe it has something to do with the place, Bora Bora. But um, I couldn't find any sort of translation for that but i could for Enchiliophis. so this the genus is Enchiliophis, and the behavior of the pinhead pearlfish is um it's it's on the, the genus level all of the members of this genus do the same thing so um what does Enchiliophis mean in english joe does it mean a snake like eel or serpentine eel i guess you could say B, thin fish. C, black swimmer. Or D, 
old serpent. <laughs> thin fish. I want to go with thin fish. Final answer. <laughs> that is, that's incorrect. Dang it. Is it old serpents? Because no, that's it, awesome. It is serpentine eel. Ugh. Or snake-like eel. I was hoping if it was at least the old one, the old serpent. I know. It does look like an eldritch deity. The primordial presence. It does sound like that. And if this was the behavior of an eldritch deity, to be honest, I wouldn't be that surprised. But that would be pretty... Uh existentially dreadful <laughs> that does that that would be very lovecraftian i suppose it would be now would you like to know what it looks like sure the pinhead pearl fish is a thin pointed and snake-like fish it is a thin fish and mm -hmm. it likes to eat thin mints probably oh, not me too probably too spicy it has small eyes and star-shaped color-changing pigment cells called melanophores. Mint melanophores. This is a very mint-themed episode. So tasty. Near uh, near their jaws and uh, on some of their fins. Um, and these melanophores are more abundant in older fish. Uh, the pearl fish doesn't have scales or pelvic fins. They do have actual short pectoral fins and an elongated dorsal fin. Um, it's a brown fish. The <laughs> Wikipedia describes this color as a medium brown. You mean just brown? It's no, not it's, dark brown or light it, brown. It's, it's just brown. No, it is. It's medium brown. There's no pink in the middle. Cooked all the way through. <laughs> Uh, it's the brownest fish in the sea. It's a, just a medium brown. Yeah, uh, that is the definition of a me of mediocrity in a color, I guess. Medium brown. There's a time and a place for brown. I'll have you know. Term like I've heard that cars that are brown are the coolest cars. Oh, have you? <laughs> I heard that. I heard that coats that are brown are the coolest coats. That's true. I like brown coats. Um, it's a so it's a brown fish with a solid, uh, solid color body. In an, it has an enlarged swim bladder, which occupies most of the inside of its body cavity. That's not really you can't really tell that from looking at it, but it's true. Mm -hmm. So, but how big is it? Uh, welcome to the Blood Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show that when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio yourself saying, singing, or chittering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have any measure up intro this week, which means we get to hear from a fish. Carlos can guess who it is. What are we calling this? Critter Cultural Corner? Culture of is that? I don't remember landing on anything for this. We didn't. We didn't land on anything. The Critter Cultural Corner. I don't want to call it Critter because there's already Critter groups. Yeah. Creature Cultural? Creature Culture. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Or Cultural Creatures because Creature Culture sounds like what do you know? red pandas do when they get together. <laughs> Creature but, comforts it reminds me of. 
cultural creatures, that sounds like okay. What how when animals enter the zeitgeist? All right. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Where's my drink? What drink? My drink? My diet, Dr. Kelp? Don't tell me you forgot my drink! But you didn't order any... How am I supposed to eat this pizza without my drink? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the guy who does plankton. That's good instincts because that is Customer, a fish voiced by Doug Lawrence in the SpongeBob pizza delivery episode. And Doug Lawrence is the voice of Plankton. Yeah, he sounds like a totally normal person until he starts to lose his mind. (laughs) (coughs) But don't we all? That's true. Um, Let's talk about their length. They have a length of 30 centimeters or 12 inches. How many pinhead pearlfish go into the length of the Pearl of Puerto? Pearl of door. Pearl of door. Or port. Where do you think Pearl of door comes from? What uh, kind, what country, Latin America. what hemisphere? <laughs> Incorrect. It's from the Philippines. <laughs> uh, uh, the Pearl of Puerto is from the Philippines. Well, I mean, there's uh there's a couple of places that speak Spanish in the uh, Eastern Hemisphere, and then there's the o- almost the entirety of the Western Hemisphere. So the guess was uh, was pretty strong on on, on the West. Uh, so here's a hint: we've talked about the Giga Pearl in the Atlantic Bay Scallop episode. But that was a the largest non-nacreous pearl, which mean which is made of calcium. But the pearl of Puerto is also not a true pearl because it is not iridescent, just a big white chunk. And as legend has it, it was found by a fisherman in the Philippines who found it in a uh, still inside its giant clam. The fisherman kept it for ten years and would rub it for good luck which yielded excellent fishing trips for him. When he conveniently happened to have a relative who worked for the as the tourism officer in Puerto Prince, Princesa, uh, he gave it to her when he decided to move. I think this is all BS, but it's still a big pearl, and that's cool. There's a... There's a the legendary fisherman, fisherman who uh, just happened to donate this giant thing to the tourism office. Yeah, was, I mean, I like how it brought him good luck on his fishing trips, but if he had sold it, he wouldn't have had to go on fishing trips in the first place. Uh, I, yeah, probably not. Probably the real thing. If If it is fake, I would have... If the tourism department made this up i would have made up something better like yeah. a, like intrigue and like it was actually an ancient it was like an old it was found in an old spanish uh treasure chest that was buried 
in the Philippines long, yeah, long ago. We had to we had to to kill an army of zombie conquistadors to get to it. Yes. Well, now I know how to fool you is just come up with a bad story. I'll just uh, <laughs> read you the script to The Last Jedi. Um, the Last Jedi probably happened because if it was made up, it would have been better. <laughs> if you, you can't make this up because it's just that bad. I'm going to say it's two feet. It's, it was still in a clam, wasn't it? I mean, a I guess big, some, gi- a giant clam. Some of those clams, yeah, I get to be like six feet long. I'll say two feet. That's fine. Um, so two. Dos, to put it in, you know, Philippine language. Fi- do they not? Do they speak Spanish in the Philippines? Uh there there are large swaths of Spanish-speaking communities in the Philippines. I don't hmm. think it's their. I think Tagalog is their. Um, official language and most people speak that but there are there are there are big spanish communities in there tagalog yep another girl scout cookie (laughs) 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 it's not that far from the american samoa (laughs) is it not it's not tagalog though right it's tagalong Ah, uh, yeah, it's Tagalong. Tagalong is the peanut butter cookie. Final answer, two? Yes. The correct answer is two. Point two. Fish. Yes. The, <laughs> the Pearl of Puerto is 2.2 feet, or 67 centimeters long. Mm, I wasn't... I, I didn't exactly stick the landing, but it's still a victory. Is it an A? 2.2? Yeah, it's a 90. There you go. You can be a nurse with a 90. Let's talk about living depths as we do with fish because who cares what they weigh? They live in the water. But that's but the thing is how much a fish weighs is like one of the major measurements that fishermen use. So, it is interesting think- that there's almost no there are very few fish at least that we cover where their weight is known. But you don't I think when they're less than a pound, fish. no one cares. Yeah, maybe. You also don't so, fish for these fish. That you're right. Um they live at 100, 150 meters or four hundred and ninety feet. Four hundred and ninety. <laughs> How many pinhead pearlfish depths go into the height of the highest elevation mountain on Io, a moon of Jupiter? I went there in destiny. Here's a um, Okay, go. Io is a moon known for its extreme volcanic activity. It is also slightly larger than Earth's moon. Recent photographs from NASA's Juno spacecraft were released that show brilliant images of Io. If you want a link to those pictures, go to ldtaxonomy.com slash probably maybe, I don't know, purpose Something with a just go to the it'll be the just just search pinhead pearlfish. Yeah. Um. The 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 length of or the height of the tallest volcano you said right or mountain. Mm-hmm. The highest elevation mountain. Fifteen thousand feet. Because I feel like if it was like an Everest on the moon. 
it would make it pretty oblong to look at. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say half half an Everest or a little less than half. Uh, 30. 30 living depths. Final answer? Yes. The correct answer is 117 pearlfish living depths. Wow. The mountains at South Busole Montes are around 10.9 miles or 17.5 kilometers. Wow. How tall is Everest? 50 something thousand feet. Everest 18, is like 30 something thousand hundred meters. Yeah, I always know Everest is like 32,000. Oh, feet yeah. Or like that. Oh, what? There's no way. You're right. The elevation must be from like the crust when it's on this moon because Everest is 5.4 miles. And this is 10? Yeah, you just, it's a 50,000 foot. Uh, mountain you just described. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, it, it doesn't change the uh, silhouette of a planet as much as we thought. Or in Well, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe, you know? like, they're measuring it from the lowest elevation. I don't know. Or maybe What's it's... Bottom? Maybe it's there's like no sea level pointing at us, so you don't it doesn't really change its silhouette. Yeah, anyway, Io's 10 mile high mountains result from shrinking crust. Okay, so it is a geological thing that wow, okay, yeah. The, the whole moon is imploding, but the mountains are it's making the mountains. Stand out more. Cosmic geology. It's always unpredictable. See, again, I wrote down the thing and I'm surprised by my own math. And I second guess and it turns out to be right because you know why? I was using the internet and calculators to do this. Well, that was not a nursing school victory for me. I was way off. Would you like to talk about some fast facts before we get into the major fact? Sure. The pinhead pearlfish lives in the tropical Indo-Pacific Ocean. They may be they may be found around Meritus. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Meridius, I think. Meridius. Yeah, that looks better. That sounds better. And the Society Islands. Uh, Taiwan, the Yayama Islands, fun, th- fun looking word to say. Uh, yeah. They also can be found in the Mariana Islands and the Caroline, Caroline Islands. They are ray-finned fish, also called actinopterygians. Guess what family they're in? Uh, you mean class? Cla- guess what class they're in? Uh, which means that they are fi- their their fins are supported by long spines, which are called rays. 
not to be confused with the animals, which are also called rays that live in the ocean. And those they are, are not, and they do those are not ray-finned fish, right? Yeah, uh, they are the only fish of their family to have melaniforms on their anal fins. Isn't that great? Of course, melanophores Classic specifically pinhead pearl fish. <laughs> Melanophores specifically allow fish to change its color from a light to dark shades of black and brown and brown. So the most exciting chromatophores, <laughs> uh, but similar cells give human hair and skin and eye color their color. Uh, that's all I got for that. Do you have any big facts? And that's an anal fin of a different color. That- <laughs> The movie ended way differently for me. Um, all right. We're calling this major fact nature's pocket. Uh, so reef fish or fish that live in coral reefs tend to be pretty low on the oceanic food chain. They are usually pretty fast. Uh, they can dart into rocks or coral clefts or whatever, but they don't have much in the way of defenses. So what if you instead had a cozy mobile home to uh, slip into when things get dicey? The pearlfish has one. Uh, They like to hang out near sea cucumbers and some sea stars. Mostly uh, they're uh, animals that fall into the category of echinoderms. Um, But they're most famously near sea cucumbers. Uh, These unfortunate lumps move very slowly on the ocean floor and even have, and they have even fewer defensive options than the fish, which is something that the pearlfish takes full advantage of. So rather than having a brick and mortar house that can't move like the, you know, your typical fish, the pearlfish chooses an unlucky cucumber to serve as its trailer. And the front door to the pearlfish's trailer is the cucumber's back door. Yep. The pearlfish wriggles its way up the cucumber's tush tunnel. It doesn't, and it doesn't just go there when it gets spooked and needs a nice warm hug. It lives there. The reality is the cucumber doesn't really care all that much about the uh, breaking and entering. So in many cases with pearlfish, it's a situation of commensalism, where one, and commensalism is where one species benefits and the other species is, it doesn't matter. Like it's there's no there's no benefit. There's no um, whatever the opposite of a benefit is a con. <laughs> uh, help me out. What's the what's the opposite of a benefit? Um, a negative, a sure drawback, a, neg- a drawback. There we go. Um, it's there's no drawbacks. There's no um. It it doesn't matter. It's kind of like those. Uh, those birds that hang out on the backs of like water buffalo and stuff like that. Um, or, uh, we back when we talked about the Ethiopian wolf, and the way that it hunts by hanging out near herds of cattle. The cattle don't benefit at all from this, but the Ethiopian wolf certainly does. Um, 
But members of our particular genus uh, and Chelyophis, they tend to snack on the insides of their host, making it a parasite. And we love parasites here on Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's kind of like <laughs> living in a just the most disgusting gingerbread house and eating it from the inside. <laughs> like that um, that uh, Indian prince that tells Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka to build him a chocolate palace. Uh, but this is a this is a very different kind of chocolate. Um, like most parasites, it's important not to kill your host so that you don't have to keep finding a new trailer to eat every time. Um, so it snacks on the cucumbers, gonads. This just keeps getting better and better. Um, it renders it infertile, but it keeps it alive. Um, so I mean. What today? It's it's you know the middle of October. We are getting the, we, this is horror month. We are getting close to the end of uh, getting close to Halloween here. The pinhead pearlfish is a s- snake fish that climbs into the cheek tube of a helpless vegetable and then eats it from the inside out. So n- not cool. Please cancel this fish. But yeah, uh, that's. That's what I got. I hope that was tasteful enough. I mean, the uh, the fish thinks it's tasteful. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, do you got anything else? That's all I got. All right. So that was the pinhead pearlfish for you out there in podcasting. Keep an eye out for danger. Stay close to your favorite living sleeping bag. And always know where base is when you're playing the terrible game of Tookus Tag that the pinhead pearlfish plays here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. I found an interesting article called The Absurd Truth Behind Collective Animal Nouns. I like this one part of it that says, Who decides on the the right collective noun for something? The short answer is no one.